I got pulled out of class all the time for speech therapy for yeah. my lisp. You and had a lisp? My stutter. I did not know you had a lisp. And that tells you which one they fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to my first episode of uh, my Cineflug podcast. I've I've had this idea for a long time. I've had the podcast feed for a long time, but um, for some reason, this is my first episode. Um, Lexi, who is the guest on the show, was really pushing to make this happen, especially in the last few weeks, just because uh, I've been talking about it for so long, and sometimes I need a push from from uh, people around me to actually get things done. Uh, so thank you to her. Um, I'm really excited to share this share this with you guys. Uh, this is um, we we ended up watching Little Miss Sunshine last night, which is uh, one of my all time all time favorite movies. And it was a first watch for her, which is which is uh, always a good time, especially when it's like such a classic like that. Um, this episode's a little rough around the edges, just because we went on we went off on a million tangents. Um, I tried to edit that down a bit. <laughs> I don't know if I edited it too much or not enough or whatnot, but uh, I'd really really appreciate everyone's feedback on this. Uh, you know, I'm very new to this and I don't really have a format yet. I think I should probably develop more of a format with questions and categories and rankings and whatnot. But, uh, this was all pretty last minute. Uh, anyways, without further ado, let's get into the show. Uh, thanks everyone for giving this a listen. Lexi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so we still haven't figured out what movie we're watching no, we tonight. Haven't. No, we have not. Um, <laughs> what What are you in the mood for tonight, Lexi? Um, well, I'm falling asleep a little bit because I did yeah. nothing today. So, so let's do something exciting. Let's do something exciting. Harold and Maude, as much as I love it, is not as exciting. Harold and Maude is not our mood tonight. Um, you are the. We movie should say for the listeners. <laughs> Who the fuck's should you just say the premise of the show? The premise of the show. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out here. You're the premise, the premise of the show, is that the guest, the guest, which is you, I know, I'm picks, bad at decisions. Picks the movie <laughs> yeah. and the drink, and right. then we drink. I got the drink. And down. Watch the movie. What 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 are you drinking tonight? Old fashioned. Okay, I think I have bitters. We'll see. If you don't, then I can take anything. I've been a bartender for a couple months. Yes. So and I have. I been, call myself a bartender, right. but I'm not a great bartender. You're pretty good. So you make some really strong drinks, and they don't taste. Fine. How are my margaritas the other night? I, I was quite drunk off of one mar. I'm also a lightweight. You so are a that lightweight. That doesn't. But Paloma was also feeling it. Okay. They were good. They tasted good. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. So, so you're in the mood for something exciting. Yes. 
you're in the mood for something what else like like funny what maybe? else would you like funny i like funny we were talking about knocked up the yes. other night what did yes. you end up watching did you end up I, watching knocked up i did watch knocked up yeah I was, how was it i was kind of stoned <laughs> that's so okay that made it amazing I, I don't think I can be an objective observer because I was inebriated last night, so... Yeah, well, I'm inebriated now, so... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Also, for the listeners, Ethan and I have been friends for eight years? Nine, eight? Eight years or nine years? Eight years. Eight years. So we okay. are now 23 and 24. Yes. Oh, congratulations. You can remember my age. You're old. I'm old. And uh, <laughs> I am a year younger than old. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, like and, seven months uh, younger. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we became friends in ninth grade. So yeah, ninth it's grade. Been a, it's been a minute. Yeah. And we spent the whole time giving each other a lot of shit. Yeah, that's been most of this, <laughs> most of this friendship. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you're in the mood for something exciting. Yes. Let's, let's uh, stop recording. Okay. Stop giving people... No one's listening to it no now. No one's listening to it You can edit anyways. this down. I can edit this. No one has to hear this. Okay. So we will watch our movie and we will return. Okay. Thank you all for Thank listening. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to California. There are two kinds of people in this world. Winners and losers. Sarcasm is the refuge of losers. How much do I owe you for those pearls of Oh, wisdom? that one's on the house. Oh, guys, you're not going to charge me for it. that. Stop it. up. He started it. A la mode translates as in the fashion. A la mode. Mike, shut up. Everybody push! Dwayne, that's your name, right? Are you getting any? My God, man. Dad. You should be getting that young Dad. stuff. I know you're a homo and all, but maybe you can appreciate this. Dad, that's enough. Stop it. You're not going to shut me up. I still got Nazi bullets in my head. Hey! Oh, how about that? Lexi, 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 Lexi. <laughs> we just finished watching Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, we did. What do you think? First of all, just like off the bat, what do you think? What do you think? My progression with the dad was I want to punch him. Yes. To... He's a sympathetic character. I still want to punch him, though. Uh, especially when he told his daughter not to have ice cream. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean that's peak he, hate the dad. Yeah. That's peak I dislike this man. Um, and then when he danced on stage with his daughter, I think I was like, okay, I'm starting to like you now. <laughs> it was like the last ten minutes of the movie. Right, right, right. But it was cute. It was really cute. It was sad when the grandpa died. Um... Yeah. Spoilers to anybody. No, who no, went this out of this me. podcast is gonna spoil everything. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's that's like for for all of our listeners. Right. <laughs> for all the millions of people listening. Yeah. To this. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Um, first of all, let's yes. let's get into the drinks. The drinks did not work so well. You know. And I apologize. I am appreciative of the fact that you made me a drink. You gave me an ice cream sandwich and you showed me a movie. Yeah, so, but I, I did not come prepared for the old fashions and I apologize okay. for it's that. It's okay. I forgive you even though you did not use my recipe. I didn't have... Which I'm very angry about. I didn't have all the ingredients for the recipe. Yes, you did. 
I did not have oranges. That's the only thing you didn't have. And the and the that, only thing you didn't have. And I, I was like, so, so for all of our listeners, <laughs> what happened was I didn't have oranges. And I was yes. like... Maybe the one I should substitute another citrus. So then I was saying lemon. I could not find lemon. So then I substituted <laughs> lime. And lime in an old fashioned does not. It just well lime and bourbon. It doesn't work. It, it goes for like. I was thinking it might work. I was thinking yeah, citrus. It might it's come a together. Leap. Yeah. It's did logical. not work. Did not work. It's just so, more for tropical things than like deep kind of rooted like uh, umami flavors, which is kind of where. Bourbon gets its taste. It's more umami. Deep umami flavor. You know me. I'm a bacon I nerd. I know you. I do know you. I'm a I baking nerd. Yes. Yes, I said. And yes. a cooking nerd. So the drinks did not come together. But the, okay. but how would you like? How would you rate the movie? Like on a scale of like one to ten. Like oh, would you gosh. like? How would you like rate it? Just like immediate reactions. Um, immediate reactions. I think I give nine out of ten. Nine out of nine ten. Out of ten. Okay. It was really cute. It didn't okay. leave me bored, which I was, Never. like, with that kind of um, tonality to it, where it's very realistic, and, you know, realistic with kooky characters, but realistic nonetheless, Yeah, I um, I was much more gripped into the story than I thought it would be, especially with the, um, the brother with the not speaking. He was a much yeah, more yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. he was a very interesting character having no dialogue completely like you're like 90% of the movie you're like and so gripped by him for sure exactly and then when he he learns that he's colorblind and you just want to cry for him yeah you just want to give him a hug and I basically wanted to give Steve Carell a hug the entire movie so 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 Steve Carell he filmed this movie in like 2004 right okay and this is like pre the office, so two thousand five. It's pre the office. So two thousand five, okay. the office premiered, and okay. then also forty year old virgin, virgin. Per- which I still have not seen. Which, for some reason, you have not seen. <laughs> which maybe may our next movie, I don't know. But for maybe some reason, what? you have not. Maybe our next movie. My next movie. Am I going to be invited on this podcast again? We'll see how this one goes. <laughs> um, but uh. So he was not famous, and so the producers at the time of this movie mm-hmm. like protested the casting of him because really? they were sort of like, "Who's this nobody?" Mm-hmm. And then by the time the movie came out, he'd won maybe not an Emmy, but like a Golden Globe or something for okay. The Office. Okay. And then also was like a huge box office success in the Forty Year Old Virgin. So they're like, "Oh, let's have him do all the press for the movie." <laughs> I feel like he was not he was not right. at all famous when he filmed the movie. Right. It's kind of crazy. Um, I was thinking. Okay. I don't know. Like, what were you thinking? My, my thought was, <laughs> my thought was this podcast is very unformatted. It is. So, okay. um, so I was thinking we could pick our three favorite scenes. Okay. I the, can try the, that. Um, I have, let me see. I have eight written down. You I was do? thinking we could pick wow. our top okay. three. Okay. All right. What are you, let me hear your... Your top three, and then I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can use that to, like, guide myself. Okay. Okay, so number one is the opening tenor. Okay. So um, Frank has a conversation with Olive about why he committed suicide. Yeah. Which is, like, Why he great. tried, attempted to commit suicide. Why he attempted to he commit not, suicide. did not succeed. The next scene I have written down, and I think this is autocorrected from someone, from something. Let from me see something. if we can figure out what... Let's, what let's this hear is auto- it. Let's it hear says it. the pier scene. Oh, it is the pier. Oh, like a p, like P I E R. 
I spelled it P-E-E-R. Because that's your because you're an incredibly intelligent person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the piercing with yes. with um with the uncle. Right. And with the nephew. Frank and in his yeah, nephew. That's what was me, the nephew's name again? Oh gosh. I don't know. I feel like Max Let's or Matt or something. Out. Let's try to figure this out. So little Miss Sunshine. I should just have the IMDB page open. You should. You should. Wow, Ethan. I'm so unprepared. You're so unprepared. Dwayne. Dwayne and Frank. Okay, yeah. So the pure scene between Dwayne and Frank. I just happened to spell pure wrong. Congratulations. Okay, so we have the opening dinner. Right, okay. The pure scene. Mm -hmm. Where's Olive? Where's Olive? (laughs) Where's Olive? And and these aren't in chronological order. These are just the order I thought of. Okay. Where's Olive? So... So the family drives off from the gas station. Yeah. Olive's at the gas station. Yeah. Where's Olive? Where's Olive? Okay. He doesn't even say he okay. just writes it. Um, the diner with the ice cream right. and the Olimodi and all that. Olimodi. I'm definitely calling it that from now on. Definitely. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. 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 Okay, so that's number four. Number five. America, America. By whoever the guy who looks like Rick Santorum is, doesn't he look exactly like Rick Santorum? I have no idea. To be honest, what okay. Rick let me Santorum let me show like. you. I know who you're talking. I know who Rick Santorum is, but like, my brain is completely blanking okay. on his face. Okay. Okay. So Rick's. Okay. Is it a face I want to know? Rick Santorum. Oh, he does look like looks Rick Santorum. exactly like yeah. the kid from. Looks exactly like the host from Little Miss right, Sunshine, right. and it's he bizarre. Does. He does. Do you want to hear my top three, or do you want to? Come up with your top. I've got my top three. Okay, okay. I think I got my top three. I'm gonna come up with my top three. Okay. Should we start from three? Are you are you ready to start from three? Yeah, you do you do your three okay. and I'll, I'll do my three. Number three, getting grandpa out of the hospital. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> so like I still remember the first watch of this. You're like you're like, oh, they're not gonna make it to pageant. And then and then the dad, <laughs> the dad just gets this look in his eyes. And he's just like, <laughs> he's we're, like we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Right. We're getting there. Richard, what are you thinking? We're gonna take him with us. I got no no, that is not happening. That is not happening. Oh, well, he's better off with us than these people. I want you to go around outside underneath this window. Frank, you go. No, with no, him. Dwayne, don't you dare move. No, honey, look, you stay here. We'll take all if Frank can drive. No, chill. We'll be there in two hours. I'll call, listen to me. I'll call funeral home once we get there. If there's one thing my father would have wanted, it's to see Olive perform in the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. And like, no, we're not. But, but they, he's, it's so great. It's know, so great. It's so great. He's like, hop out. And the mom's like, no, Absolutely not going to happen. Not. And he's Ab- like, no, no, no. She get, goes get along with that. a lot of crazy shit. She goes along with a lot of crazy shit. She goes along with that lot of crazy shit. So, three is getting out of the hospital. Okay, okay. Okay, what's, what, what's your number three? My number three, I think, is when the grandpa is telling her that she's not a loser. Am I pretty? Olive? You are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And, and she's crying. She's like, Daddy hates losers. And he goes, you're trying. You're not a loser. You're going to knock them dead. And, and when they're growling at each other. They're growling at each other. And it's right before he dies. And he's just like, you can tell how much he loves her. And how he's kind of her, you know, her mom is so stressed with trying to keep the family afloat. And the dad is just chasing this dream. And the grandpa is really the one who's looking after her. He's almost all of his attention is on her. 
and yeah. it, it's really a sweet moment between the two completely it's yeah. it's such a sweet moment and then i think i i i didn't want to tell you anything right pri- prior to this just well, because you didn't have time really well i didn't have time but also like i didn't want to just because like i think you, you go into this and th- there's so many things along the way that i'm like oh my god the, the Brian Cranston is about to die. Right. Brian Cranston just show up. shows up. Olive's about to do the most ridiculous dance you've ever seen, <laughs> and uh, and I just I was just I was just trying to be quiet. I'm so glad I did because I because I was talking the whole time. Well, no, we were both being. I look to be fair, I was not being quiet. <laughs> I just did not want to like tell. I just I, I didn't want to like spoil right. things ahead of time. Well, and, I mean. You know that at this point, watching a movie with me is a very vocal experience. No, there's 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 constant dialogue. Right. Sure. My number two. Okay, your number two. My number two is a sort of like dark horse in this race. My number oh, two is okay. the pure scene. Sometimes I just wish I could go to sleep till I was eighteen and skip all this crap, high school and everything. Just skip it. Right, okay. It it the um the PER scene. The PER scene. I I honestly like I um I don't I don't expect it every time it comes and then and then I think that's one of the things I remember most from the movie. Right. Like I look back and I'm just sort of like God, that scene where he's talking about like the pain of being in high school, yeah, and that, like they're, they're they're just relating, and I think the connection between those two characters, the sort of the sort of uncle who's like who 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 just had like a suicide attempt, and then the nephew who like now can't be a pilot and doesn't know what he wants right. to do with his life. I just think like them, and then that scene where they're just sort of like out there and they're like, should we go back? And they're like, no, but yeah, but yeah, I. <laughs> I, and then they just like I can't love be in that. the pageant. I love, love, love that yeah. moment. I love that moment. Yeah. Anyways. I like that too. I, I definitely related a lot to the pain of being in high school. Uh, especially when the uncle said that, you know, high school is your prime suffering years. I definitely related to that. Yeah. Um, well, we, we suffered through them together. We did. We suffered through them together. You definitely helped me through a lot of the... You helped me through a lot of this shit. Yeah. We yeah. helped each other. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. Definitely a lot of shit. A lot of shit. A lot of shit. A lot, a lot of, of shit. intense shit. I think that's the thing that they don't really tell you about high school. I mean, I think that that's the thing they don't really tell you about life is that things just go wrong sometimes and they come out of left field. It's never the thing you expect. And I think that's something we're learning about a little bit. I'm sorry, am I getting too philosophical? No, 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 okay. please, please continue, please continue. I think that that's something that we're learning, um, becoming adults. I think we're right on the precipice of real adulthood. We're just starting it, you know? No, we're, I don't I don't feel like an adult right now. I don't feel like asking. an adult either, but I think we're starting adulthood. We're starting the process of it. I think mm-hmm. right up till now we were fully children. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in America <laughs> we have this kind of delayed childhood where we extend it as long as we can but I think you know we are 23 and 24 and just kind of really beginning adulthood and beginning to strike out on our own and figure out what we're gonna do with our lives and you know I think that the thing they don't really tell you is plans never work and I yeah. think that's really the first that that is that child's first realization of it. For sure, for sure. His first realization that it doesn't matter 
how well you plan, how dedicated you are, plans don't work. But, like, I, I kind of think that, like, draws back into the whole movie. Just yeah, because, like, I think... Absolutely. I, I, I think the whole idea of the pageant is, like, they go to the pageant, and there's all these, like... There, there's all these, like, beauty queens who right. are, like, spray tanned and, like, super skinny. And, and know exactly like, what they're doing. Botox. Like, th- those people get Botox. And oh, it's, God. it is scary. Children should not get no, Botox. No, no, it's scary to think, like... You know. No, no, I mean, seven-year-olds are getting Botox for right. these, like, pageants and right. stuff. And, um... And the whole idea is that, like, the dad sort of flips his idea of, like, winning and losing and all this stuff on his right, head just absolutely. by, like, he's like, no, we're here to compete and this is what Olive needs. And, like, and... She's not a loser, she's a winner. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and, like, fuck these institutions that say this is what's beautiful. I, right. I, I mean, like, I'm watching this and obviously Olive is the cutest kid. She's obviously Abigail the cutest Breslin, kid in this. yeah. Anyways... This, just briefly, ties ties into my number one scene, which <laughs> oh, is the dance. Oh, perfect. There which, you go. Which is the dance scene. Yeah. Take your He's dancing, honey. Daddy's okay. Get your daughter off this stage right now. Absolutely. It is my number one scene. It's I, so cute. I, I was thinking back on it. I don't, like, is it my favorite scene in any movie? Like, is it my favorite scene ever? I honestly, like, it might be. Really? Like, it's so... I just, like, every time it comes on, I'm, like, laughing and crying, (laughs) and I'm just on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, my God, she's doing it. And (laughs) staring at her. And it's so awesome. It's so great. It's so great. It's so cringeworthy, too. It's a little cringeworthy. You're like, oh, God, you're so cute, but oh, God, oh, no, oh, no. It's the perfect combination of cringeworthy, unexpected. Right. And Miss Miss California is loving it. Miss California is loving it. She's loving it. There's the weird guy that's sitting next to Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I've I've said... My second. I do want to hear your second. I'm sorry. You're fine. You don't worry about it. I I think I keep veering away from the conversation that went ahead. Veer away as much as you want. Um, My second, I think, is the ice cream scene. Yeah, I like a little. Dwayne, Frank... Olive's not going to have her ice cream. Yeah, do you mind if I have a little yeah, bit? Yeah, let's dig in. That looks really good. Boy, I feel sorry for anybody that doesn't want to enjoy their ice cream so early in the morning. Oh, that looks good. Yeah. You sure you don't want to have some, Olive? Where her dad tells yeah. her not to have ice cream, and then the rest of her family are like, fuck you. <laughs> She's having ice cream. <laughs> and they all start eating ice cream with her, and I thought it was very, very cute the way that they... they they saw what their dad was trying to do, and they're like, "Absolutely not! Absolutely, they, you are not body shaming the seven year old." And they and they so support her. They're all like, "Oh, yeah. like should we?" <laughs> so we're just gonna eat your ice cream, I that, guess. That, that was on my list. Yeah, no, yeah. they're so. It's so sweet. It's, it's so really sweet. sweet. It's so sweet. It's, it's really so sweet. sweet. I, I think my favorite moments are all with the family because my first one again is 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 also the um, the dancing the dancing. I think yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, because the dad gets up on stage with her and he, he's, you know, the whole movie trying to put her into this idea, or his idea, right. of what a winner is. And he's not realizing that she is whatever the hell she's gonna be. Right. And she, her definition of winning is never gonna be his. Right. And she's just, she's an adorable little kid, let her be an adorable little kid. Right. 
And I think in that moment, he finally accepts her. Accepts the totally. way she wins. Totally. Accepts the way, her, the winner that she is. She's such, and she's such a winner. She's such a winner. She's such a winner. <laughs> um, I, I was going to get into like, my like, top three favorite characters as well, possibly. Okay. All right. But like, um, what is it, that, like, what is it that you hate so much about the dad? Because I get, I kind of, right. you've kind of gotten at this, but like, mm-hmm. what, like, I think, I think, um, I hate the dad. Like I roll my eyes at him, but I think right. you, I think you are like, I have a, ven- you were like very, very angry right. at the dad in this watch. Well, so, you know, I was an education major in college my first two years. I worked in multiple schools, uh, with a variety of different age levels. And I saw a lot of adults trying to get kids to be what they thought that child should be. Mm-hmm instead of working with who that child was and that was one of the hard things that was one of the reasons I decided not to become a teacher is because I knew I couldn't fight against that the whole time um but you know I just fell in love with every little kid with who they were I thought every Mm. little kid was just I never met a bad kid not once I met hard kids I met troublesome kids um, but they weren't bad. And I don't really... I think that putting a kid into an adult's idea of a child, you know, an adult in a, as conception of what a child should be, is selfish in a lot of ways because it's refusing to see that child for the individual and special person that they are. Um... And I think that we think of children as these unformed, empty beings, and they're not. They have this personality and a spirit that they change in accordance to what they think you want, but they're it's still there, mm-hmm. and it's still their own. And I just hate watching adults try and tell children who they should be. Yeah. No, completely. I mean, I mean, and sad in some ways that that pushed you out of being an education major because just like having that mindset of like not trying to like mold kids into something that like adults want them to be right. would have made you a really good teacher. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing what you want, obviously, <laughs> but um, I mean, I mean, For the listeners, I'm pursuing neurobiology now. She's pursuing neuro for for the for listeners. The listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, pursuing a degree in neurobiology at UC San Diego. And we're proud of her. Thank you. We're Took very, a while to get we're there. We're very, very proud of her. <laughs> My last year. I'm almost done. <laughs> you're almost <laughs> One and more you're almost year. done. I'm so close. You're very close. No, but like, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that, that attitude would have made you a really like great mm-hmm. and unique teacher. Like, I, I think I've only had like, maybe one teacher that really believed in that philosophy of like not yeah. trying to mold kids and I can I mean she was my third grade teacher right like, actually that's interesting because that, that was the age I was teaching a lot of those kids yeah, yeah. totally totally yeah. like like and, and like I've liked teachers outside of that but like my third grade teacher was just really like hey Ethan like how are you doing like what's your deal and like right um I, I would love to just talk right. to her again because she was such a 
formative and just awesome teacher for me. You know, if you contacted the administration, I'm sure that they would have her information. Somewhere. I contacted the office. Really? I did. Really? They they didn't. They didn't. I I I tried. I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried the front office, uh, and then my first and fourth grade teacher who okay. were still there, but. Yeah, no, it's 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 it is a bummer. It yeah. is a bummer because I I would love to talk to her again. Um, anyways, <laughs> anyways, teachers are great, and teachers, teachers are, are great. great when when they don't want to mold you into what they want you to be. When they right. when they sort of acknowledge what you are. Right, and that's not to say that I didn't try and push my or challenge the students completely, that I worked with. Completely, um, but it was specifically this one little girl who I fell in love with. But Aww. every time I tried to tell her that she was smart or that she was capable, she had a lot of learning disorders. Yeah. Um, she just didn't believe me. And that broke my heart. I, I could see how smart she was. I tried to, I would push her hard and then be like, okay, you need a break. Let's do a dance. Yeah. Or like, let's get the wiggles out. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> um, she's a child. Uh, no, no, I mean, but I could get the wiggles out right, right now. Yeah. Totally. Go for it. Do you get your wiggles out? Right? I, no, get I'm fine. Out. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, when I was an education major, we talked a lot about how having high expectations for children helped them to achieve more. Mm-hmm. And I could see that a lot of the teachers didn't have high expectations for her. And that made me really sad because spending 10 minutes with her, I could tell that this girl was smart. I could see it. And I also knew what it felt like to be pulled out of class because I was working with her one-on-one twice a week. And I knew what it felt like because I used to be pulled out of class to do remedial math classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was doing the same thing for reading. And so yeah. I knew what it felt like to be singled out like that. Oh, yeah. And to feel that shame. And to yeah. be, feel like you weren't as good as the other students. Yeah. And so I wanted to make her feel good. And I just felt like I couldn't do it. I couldn't work against what everyone else was teaching her. God, that's hard. That's and that hard. was really what... That and the fact that I couldn't ignore the that I wanted to go into neurobiology and my interest in another field... Um, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. showed me, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make the best teacher. I think I'm going to burn out if I try to do this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's smart of you. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I don't mean to question your decision so much as just saying like that attitude is just something we need more in school. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm not the only person I think, you know, I am a sensitive person in a lot of ways. And I think sensitive people while they make great teachers, are forced out by our educational system. Oh, for sure. Because they don't make enough money. They aren't treated well. They are belittled in every way possible by the administration and by the parents. And when they... And they're also not given the resources they need to, to work with the students. Totally. And so when you try to reach a student... Um, you you recognize that you're spending resources and time on one student that every student needs, and so you have to figure out how to parse that time out. Um, and then you also fall in love with them, and then you have to let them go, and it's just heartbreak after heartbreak the way the system is built up. 
where we don't support teachers. Yeah, completely. And we don't give them what they need to be successful and to be good, especially in inner city schools, which is where I was working. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, and I just figured that I would do more, I would be able to do more if I was researching educational strategies and researching how best to improve our schools rather than beating my head on the wall from the inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which sucks, because I, I think I would have, in a perfect world, I think I would have liked being a teacher. You're going to be good with both, honestly. Thank you. I, I, I don't, my <laughs> point is not to say you're not going to be good with no. research. It's just like, um, it's a bummer that that pushed you out of it in, in some ways. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I can relate to get getting pulled out of class. I got pulled out of class all the time for speech therapy for yeah. my lisp you and a lisp? my stutter. I did not know you had a lisp. And that tells you which one they fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they fixed so the they, lisp. They fixed one of them. Um, <laughs> well, you haven't stuttered this entire podcast, I will say. Well, so I figured out if I put if I put my headphones on, it like oh. there's something about hearing your own voice. It's like the feedback. Yeah, I think it's the feedback okay. or something. All right. I mean, it's like stuttered minorly, but like um, yeah, there's something about like the feedback of hearing your own voice. I can take them off though to have a more natural conversation. I don't give a Maybe shit. that's better. I don't Ethan, know. Ethan, I I we had a conversation till two in the morning last week. Yeah. I can talk to you through anything. We were talking. We were talking so late. That was so. Nice. We talked really late. That was so. Great. I was tired. You were tired. You were tired. very tired. I was falling asleep at the end yeah. of that. No, that happens. Yeah. That definitely happens. Yeah. I think that's the great thing about being in our twenties, though. For sure. We get to talk until like two in the morning and, or I get to come visit you in Paris or like, yeah, we get to just do the impulsive stuff that you associate with your twenties. Totally. Totally. And I think that's also what makes Paige so amazing. Yes. Uh, Paige is not here for this podcast, but big, 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 big shout out to Paige right now. Paige is amazing. Paige is my girlfriend and Paige is... Paige uh, deserves... One of my favorite people in the world. Deserves to be in this conversation. She does. She's Alexi's uh, favorite of the couple. <laughs> and... Um, I keep telling Ethan I'm going to steal her from him. And uh, she... We miss her right now. Yeah. She's she's working on secondary applications for med school, school. and She's going to make such a good uh, doctor. She'll, she'll maybe visit during this pod. Maybe some maybe. other time. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie for a little more. <laughs> just... just just to like sum up our conversation right, right. about the movie. Because it's supposed to be a movie and drinks podcast. I think so. I don't know. It's okay. Again, no one's listening. I'm very flattered to be your first guest. I am flattered to have you. You're, you're, I, I'm I would literally want... always here. Yes. And I would want no one else for my first guest. Oh, well, Paige. Obviously. Well, now you're making me feel shitty. You're a bad boyfriend. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So. Um, you suck Ethan uh, characters how about that top three favorite characters go grandpa number three grandpa number three brother number two that's an underrated number two Abigail Braslin number one because she has to be your number one I agree Olive is definitely my number one yeah 
Olive is she for has sure because she's she adorable. has to be like, she she like a hundred percent. The has scene to where be. they're being so dirty and she's just cranking the music, I can't hear a word they're saying. It's totally, great. I think I think Grandpa is my number two. Okay, and then I think number three is up in the air because okay. you can go between who? Um, you can go like Steve Carell. He's pretty great. You can go like Uncle Frank. See. You can go. You can go cop that likes. You can go cop that likes porn. You could. It's just like it's totally fine. Doesn't notice the dead body in the back. Doesn't like 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 unamused cop. As number three, I I I I think that's more of an honorable mention. I think I like Frank more, but um, yeah, I think all of us are number one. I think she she carries the movie. I think her spirit and just like that like. Her her attitude just yeah. like it it just it carries the movie through a hundred percent. Yeah, I will say though, um, Tony Collette's character, I think she and um, and uh, Steve Carell's characters, they are the straight men, sort of of the whole thing. They are. They are, I, and I think that that's very underrated in that. You're right. You're right because you do need them to bounce off of. I I do think I I do sort of like the insanity of everyone else. I get frustrated by Tony Collette's character almost more than anyone else. Really? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, and just in that that like she won't she won't do what she thinks is right ever. Like she'll just sort of like sit there and watch things happen. Yeah. And like obviously, yeah, except for the end, obviously, but like. I mean, she's one of the last to get up there, yeah. too. She's yeah. one of the last to get up on the stage. She's uh, she's Dancing afraid to daughter. stop. Yeah. She's afraid to stop Olive from going out on stage, which I know is sort of like as the audience member. But I think that that's more her doing what she thinks. I think she's right. just well. I mean, if you watch her in that scene, she's just sort of like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what I should do. Yeah, but I she kind of comes into her own like when she makes a decision. I sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, you're fine. But she when she tells them, look, she's gonna do what she's gonna do, I'm not gonna stop her if this is what she wants. I think that's her not only standing up for her daughter, but standing up for herself in a lot of ways. Because she has paid attention to what her husband and her son and everybody else wants. And she hasn't really said anything about what she wants. She's tried, but she hasn't really gotten that message through, and this is the first time she's forced them to stop and listen to her. I do, I do think, like, in that moment specifically, that um, the husband and brother are, like, trying to protect Olive. Yeah. And, absolutely. But and, they're trying um, to protect Olive from herself. In a lot of ways. Yeah. But also, like, the judges and these, yeah. and these like, perfect women that are just not, that, that it, it, it's just not an attainable goal to be, like, to be like a thin eight-year-old child that's like perfectly tanned and knows yeah. how to like dance with like what are those things that those pants that those girls oh like the like that um, they like walk like the weird on? flapper <laughs> yeah, yeah. pants that the like flapper pants and like strings all over them yeah no it's like it's like not attainable I right I especially because they don't have the money that a lot of those little girls have yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly they don't have the money to like afford these things right and they're just happy that they got her there and she's doing this funny dance that her grandpa showed her um <laughs> to super freak to super freak which is she I, I can't 
that goes around with me. I can't hear that song and not think of this movie at this point. And I mean, I, yeah. And I hope... Iconic. I hope that you'll... Be forever changed. I haven't be been listening changed. to Super Freak. Be- I, yeah, I think... I think I think what this movie gets at is a mm-hmm. lot of what we're talking about, which right. is just the sort of like, the sort of like, these institutions that define us are right. not, don't always have the right intentions and don't always know. Is 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 especially when you're like the audience member and you're watching this competition, right? And clearly, Olive is the cutest kid in this whole thing. And she's clearly not going to win because that's not what they're looking for. Yeah. Like, like you, you real, you sort of, you sort of realize like, well, it's not, it's not you. It's not how way you see the world or anything. It's a problem with the way these institutions are judging these things. I think a lot too, it's a it's projection of adult insecurities onto children because, Mm -hmm. um, the, the father and brother are seeing all these other little girls and comparing them to their daughter and sister and going, she's not as good. She's going to lose. We don't want her to go through that. What they're not considering, though, is that Olive doesn't care. She wants to win, yeah, but she just wants to go on and dance. Like, she's not really paying attention to what those other little girls are doing. And I think that's what we've got to realize about kids is they're not really paying attention as much as we think they are, they're paying attention to themselves. They're paying attention to what makes them happy. And they're not really paying attention to what we care about unless it's something that we put on them. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think the one place I disagree is just that like, I, I think that like the brother and uncle were trying to protect, protect all of, of course, from, from the judges saying her dancing wasn't good enough and and they're sort of like we love olive for the way she is and we don't want these other people to put her down but again it's a projection of how she would take that and 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 again of their own feelings about what it would be because she's not in the same stage of life as they are but like neurodevelopmentally she's just different but clearly the judges actually didn't like the performance right well one judge vehemently did not like the performance <laughs> and one judge and the other loved two it. yeah seemed to be enjoying <laughs> yeah 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 so so but like but like I, I i mean i mean there is an aspect of like protecting kids from right. the judgment of society i think that that, that i think that right. i think actually is important i mean i mean and, and it's sad that you have to do that in the first place but i think that 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 is important that that aspect well i think that that it gets to this idea of you know there's always balance right so you want to protect a child from the judgment of society but you also have to weigh whether your vehement objections and protection uh, might cause more harm than good because the kid could see that protection and go well what's wrong with me why are they so why are they so opposed to this what's wrong why can't i go out and do this right so you need to see like because and i think that that's what would have happened if they'd stopped her from going on that stage is she would have said why can't i do this what's wrong with me and by letting her go on the stage and just dance and not care 
what they're allowing her to do is be herself and be free and say, this is who I am. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And I like yeah. what I do. And I think that that's something that it's valid to want to protect a child. Of course it is. But I think that's also something that in society that we are seeing a lot with child rearing practices. And again, neither of us, or not again, but neither of us are parents. Neither of us are no. going to be parents for a very long time. Please thank you. <laughs> um, please and thank you. Um, yeah. But with the limited experience I do have with children, um, you just got to let them be themselves. And the consequences that come with them being themselves are the consequences that come. And you deal with them accordingly, but you never want to tell a child that they can't do what they want to do. If I do have kids, I, I don't think, I don't really think I want to, like, hide them from a lot of, like, movies and stuff. Like, I don't want to, like... No. Like, I don't want to show them things that, like, super violent scenes that are going to, like, traumatize them. Right. But there's certain rated R f- films, like, almost famous. Never which seen Which I it. saw recently. That's a great... We should watch that one okay. and then talk about it. All right. But, um... You know, it's got like, it's got like a boob here and there and like whatever. And like they say fuck a lot, but like it's ultimately like not a bad movie for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I was five when I saw my first man, but yeah, you did. Yeah. I I was sick all day and I had, I'd had a fever and I was sleeping and it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was five, five years old and Came downstairs, and my mom was watching Romeo and Juliet, the 1970s one. Yeah, yeah. And 1968, but 1968, who's counting? Okay, sorry. <laughs> and because I've been sleeping all day, she didn't make me go to bed. And I watched it with her, and I became obsessed with the balcony scene. I memorized yeah. it. And I saw my first man butt. I, Probably girl tit, too. So two things. Yeah, there there is a girl tit in that. Two things. One... Um, let me just briefly tell the story. I saw my first boob on, <laughs> on TV when, so we were in Paris with my family and we we're staying at like my dad's cousin's apartment. We we're hanging out there. We were looking through things and we were like, oh, we should watch Love Actually Okay. while my parents are asleep. So my parents took a nap and it's like me and Thomas. And there's a scene where two characters are like. They're like the lighting people for like a porn set. Right. So they're like not doing the things, but they're like miming things. I'm just very confused. Oh, is that what that was? That was, yeah, yeah. They were the lighting people? They were the lighting people. So they're just there to like. I thought they were the porn people. No, no, no. They're just there to like, so that they can like act out what's going to happen so that they can figure out the way the lights look on the skin tones and whatever. Oh, that's so And great. um so that was my first boob and I was Wait, very confused how because it's not a very dramatic boob. No. It's like, very matter the of way, fact. The boob. way it, yeah, yes, it's a very exactly. It's a very matter of fact boob. <laughs> It's just, it just it's part of the job. She just whips it out and it's there. And, um, and then he starts, he starts massaging them and I am like eight and very confused, (laughs) very, 
I'm very sure. confused. Very confused. What was my second point? I don't know. We're talking about I man, but know. so my second point. We were both Shakespeare nerds when we were we kids. We were. We both memorized Shakespeare. When we I were was kids. a huge, 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 huge. I was a huge Shakespeare nerd when I was a kid. Okay. You need to see the Merchants of Venice. My dad's talked about this because, mm-hmm. like, you're in love with like Shakespeare's like smart, cool, right women and stuff that are like right badasses, yes. but also like Ophelia and feminine, but like also awesome. What's her name? Um, and much ado about nothing. <sighs> I love her. Yeah, that one. Um, God, what's her name? Uh. She's the the woman who plays her in my favorite version is also the woman who plays the the woman who gets cheated on cheated on in Love Actually. You like the jo- Emma Thompson? Emma Thompson, yeah. Yeah. Emma Thompson. Who I knows? love Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's great. Emma Thompson's so her great. Her mom's in um that version of What You Do About Nothing. Emma Thompson's mom. Emma Thompson's mom is in it. Emma Thompson's so great. Oh, we yeah. should make this. We should make the rest of this pod and Emma about Thompson. how amazing Emma Thompson is. Emma Thompson appreciation how I am podcast. With her. What's your favorite Emma Thompson performance? Mine is mm. probably Love Actually, despite her doing a bunch of other awesome stuff. Right. She did a great job in Sense and Sensibility. Ooh, I have not seen that. It's good. Um, but I it, it, yeah. Much to do about nothing. She and Denzel Washington have like a riffing off each other Mm. and it's Shakespeare and they're both incredible actors and that's a pretty great pretty great scene that's awesome um I love her scene (laughs) in love actually where where she realizes right, that, 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 the, yeah. that, 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 that the necklace was not for, for her. her and she gets a CD, but then she goes into the room, she puts Joni Mitchell on and it's both sides now. Yeah. And Joni Mitchell's going to rose and flows and angel hair <laughs> and ice cream castles in the air. And, uh, <laughs> and Emma Thompson's like l- looking around the room, like, looking at all the things that they've had in their relationship and she's like tearing up and you're like, oh my God, it's going to be okay. I'll love you. It's okay. It's fine. Oh, is that your reaction? Um, I'll love you? Yes. Yes, that is my reaction. Oh, was that your reaction when you were eight and you saw a boob for the first time? I don't think that was my reaction when I was, I don't think that was my reaction to the boob. I think that was my reaction to Emma Thompson <laughs> when, when she starts crying. Old, and I was like, oh my God, I will be there for you. It's okay. Don't, don't despair. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a feeling this is unusual. <laughs> uh, you know what? Listen to Armchair Expert because it's quite similar to what we were doing. Armchair Expert is very, very good. I do like Dax Shepard's podcast. Yeah. Do you think I'll ever be as good of an interviewer as him? I think he's got a lot more experience than you. But he didn't have much experience when he started. And I've listened to those early podcast episodes. Yeah, I think he went through therapy. I have not gone through. No, I have gone through therapy. You have? But like briefly. Yes, in like sophomore year of high school. Oh, I didn't know that. I told you about this. I think you did. No, I definitely have. I was pretty depressed like sophomore year of high school. I remember talking to you about you being depressed, but I just don't remember you going to therapy. No, I I, I had gone to a therapist. Mm. Um, and, uh, part of like what, part of why I started dating Paige actually, cause I was talking to the therapist about 
about stuff about like pearls and stuff and like my friends and all this stuff and and I was sort of like do you think I'm attracted to people who are bad to me and she was like maybe she kind of didn't say no but she didn't say yes right and I was like oh shit you know and then I was sort of thinking about Paige for a while and I was like she's always been so good to me and so nice to me and so loving and uh that's that's sort of that's sort of what turn it's not like it's not like i asked her out the next day but it's sort of what opened my eyes to that and then you know i may have asked her out like four months later or whatever was i mean to you you were always mean no you were always nice to me okay no i think what really cinched mine and Paige's friendship was when i told her to lie to the annoying popular boys because Paige looks quite a bit like uh the actress amanda seyfried and one of the boys asked if they were related, and she said no, because they're not. And I told her that she should say that they are, just to mess with the guys. And she did, and then the next day came clean, and one of the boys had placed a $250 bet on her being related to Amanda Seyfried. Which is great. Which was great. Um, and then they blamed her for a while, and then I told them not to, because it was my fault. Either way, it's great that it happened. And then that, I think, solidified our friendship. Probably. Probably. But it was also, I said, I think I set the, the you ground. You set the ground. You set the groundwork. Groundwork. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Typical white man taking credit for a relationship. Um, always. That's <laughs> always, what I do. Of course. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> Take credit for everything. Let's, we can obviously continue pop talking, but let's, let's wrap up the podcast. Okay. Um, you're done. You're done with me. No, I'm not done with you. I'm done with. I I don't want to. Now bore, that we've done the podcast, eight years of friendship. I done. don't want to bore millions of listeners. <laughs> um, Little Miss Sunshine is a great movie. It is a great movie. I'm so glad you saw Nine it. Nine out of with ten. Me. Nine out of Nine ten. Nine out of ten. This is one of my ten. Ten out of tens. This is like really maybe my top. It's probably my top twenty of all time. Okay. Um, just. I think I, I I anticipate every scene coming up and I get so right. excited for all of that. Right. And um Yeah, no, it's just it's it's an absolutely incredible movie. Um Yeah. Anyways, I'm very I'm very glad you got to watch it with me today. Thank you. Thank you for showing it to me. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. You should have a sign off. Okay. Uh, peace out. No! <laughs> what should I sign off? Be? I don't know. You should have thought of this beforehand. Okay. Uh, stay cool, pony boy. Is that good? No. Okay, what What should it be? I don't know. It's also stay gold, isn't it? Um, <laughs> stay uh, cool, pony. Pick, pick one of your favorite lines that would work from a movie. Um... Pick a movie line. Gosh, that's a How about I drink your milkshake? <laughs> Should that be my sign off? Yes. I drink it up. <laughs> that should be my sign off. Absolutely. Okay, so maybe I should have my guests say it with me. <laughs> okay. Okay, on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. I drink your, your milkshake. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.